Bradshaw and his crazy bunch. And did you wear a banana clip in your hair? Good morning. Good morning and a war eagle to you. Yeah. We're glad Back with college football and a big win for us yesterday. So happy. Yes. Great. Great Saturday. <laughs> I'm raising my glass of rosé today. Not very original, but I have rosé because I'm toasting to the roses of Shit's Creek, baby. Congrats to everybody in the cast one, the show one. We were right. Of course we were right. We called it, and I am so happy. It was amazing to see them just take everything home. Didn't you think it was funny that they all seemed so shocked? They really did seem extremely shocked that they all won, right? They were crying and choked up. You know, on every interview that I've heard, I really do believe that they did not think that this show was ever going to become what it has become. Well, look, it really didn't gain popularity until they were in season four. Until it hit Netflix, nobody could find it. Nobody knew where it was, and then word of mouth and Netflix really helped them. So I get that for the longest time, they were under the radar. It was so exciting. I was so happy that they were in the same room also. They got a lot of shit for that, you know. They did? Yeah, because there was no social distancing and there was no mask. But, you know, then they're in Canada, you know? So there's no COVID in Canada. (laughs) There's nothing in Canada but them. I was so happy for them. I really was. I didn't even think about that. I, I had to watch it again to see their reactions the next day because it was just so good. We called it. We were right. And I'm telling you, I've said this a million times. If you have not already watched Shit's Creek, please, please do yourself a favor yeah. and watch Shit's Creek. But how did we do in our Emmy picks? We killed comedy. Comedy, we got it. We know our shit. I have to say, we were a little all over the place in the drama category. Well, you know what? There were two huge surprises. You were rooting for Ozark. I was rooting for Succession. Now, what's shocking to me, and again, you and I have not watched Euphoria, the Zendaya win, I picked Olivia Coleman, you picked Laura Linney, and Zendaya wins. I mean, she wasn't on our radar at all. No. I'm still shocked by that. I'm happy for her. I think that's great. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about the show, really. I was really annoyed, though, because Zendaya is a really gorgeous girl. Gorgeous. And her hair was so ridiculous. I kind of think she didn't think she was going to win. And she said, I'm going to go with this crazy hairdo. And that was that. She completely blew the hair. But the other thing we completely blew was Billy Crudup winning for morning show. We didn't even have that on our radar. We didn't. But you know what? I do love him. And he was great. He was great. But there's no way he beats anybody from succession. And also, I'm still mad about him leaving his wife when she was pregnant back in the day. (laughs) You got to get over that. (laughs) You got to get over that. I know, but it still pisses me off. I think he was shocked too. So what? So we were were 50-50 on our picks? Uh, No, because... Because Schitt's Creek took everything home, so it boosted us. Right. I mean, we got Julie Garner right. We got Annie Murphy right. We got all the supporting stuff right. The only thing we really didn't get right was best actor and best actress. So I would say we had a 75% success. That's All pretty right. good. Well, that's pretty right. good. I feel good about it. So a couple things though. Number yeah. one, I did not see any VChat pillows in anybody's homes. I was actually very disappointed. Unlike the NFL draft where we got to see everybody's house. Oh my house, God, that was so great. I thought for sure we would see cool 
houses and everything. We didn't see anything. There were no V-chop pillows. I didn't get drunk from the V-chop pillow drinking game. Yeah, nothing. I was very disappointed in that. I did think kudos to Jimmy Kimmel. I thought he did a great job. I know he got a lot of shit for some of the stuff. This was a hard year to do. I really liked the show. I think the show got a lot of shit, but I really thought they did a good job. I love Jennifer Aniston being there for him. I love Jason Bateman being there for him. I know they're all really good friends. I thought the hazmat suit delivery was hilarious. Hilarious. I loved it. I made fun of that when I first heard it, and then I loved it. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. It's a bad year. It's hard to pull off. I think they pulled it off, and I was disappointed. I mean, I was so into the NFL draft. We were obsessed with the houses yeah. and where people were sitting and these rooms. But yeah, we didn't get any of that for the Emmys. No, and that, that was, was very that was very disappointing. Also disappointing the ratings, lowest in the history, only 6 million viewers. Everybody's watching so many different things that nobody really cares. Nobody yeah. cares. So I think that I'm sad that there was so few viewers, but I sort of understand why. You know, we care. We do. We care. We care. For us, no, it's like a Super Bowl day. Yeah, to us. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, we definitely need to talk and say goodbye to the housewife ladies. I mean, it's been fun, ladies. It's been a good ride. But I actually feel like I'm ready to say goodbye for a while. Don't you feel that way? In the words of Ross Geller, <laughs> we need a break. Yeah, we all We're on need a, break. a break. We are on <laughs> a break. Let's quickly, can we, I mean, we need to talk about some things that have happened on Beverly Hills. We say goodbye to Teddy. Thank God. I still don't know. Did she get fired? Is she well, leaving I on her own? Whole, it's not clear I, to me. I don't think that she was a strong addition to the cast after all was said and done. However, I really think a lot of this has to do with this diet scandal with her company, with All In with Teddy or whatever the hell it's called. Remember we were talking about that oh, Tanya Zuckerberg? Oh, that that's what it is? Yeah, because now they're after Teddy and they're saying her 500 calorie diet and the seven days of cardio is all bullshit and it's unsafe and she's not a doctor. And people who went after the F factor chick are now going after Teddy. And I think before that all got too crazy, she bowed out. That's my opinion. I have no proof to that, but that's what I'm thinking. Look, she's boring as hell. And not for nothing, she's got a lot going on. She had a sick baby, that whole finger thing with the other kid. I mean, there's a lot happening. So you know what, Teddy? I think it's probably a good idea, whosever decision it was, that you need to focus on your family. I don't know anything about the fitness thing. That's yeah. my opinion. She's not going to be missed. Is she, is she going to be missed? No. no. No, not at all. I'm not going to miss her. I'm not going to miss her. And the direction of possibly bringing in Kathy Hilton, I think is a mistake. Well, I have a feeling that Kyle's been gunning to have Kathy on for a while. There's all of that sister thing. The only thing that makes no sense to me about Kathy Hilton is she's a super private person. Did you watch the Paris documentary on YouTube? I didn't watch it, no. So Paris Hilton has a documentary on YouTube that's, it's amazing and awful all at the same time. You get a look into this world that she lives in, which is a world you and I know nothing about. You learn her mom is Kathy Hilton and Kathy and Paris have, they're really, really close, but yet Paris went through a traumatic experience in her childhood and never told her mom until this documentary. So a lot of that was based on the private. They like to be so private, so private, so private. If you, she goes and decides to become 
a housewife, privacy goes out the window. So I have a feeling that's all talk. I'd be shocked if Kathy joined, but Kyle may want to have her sister on. I don't know. I'm tired of Kyle's sisters. We need fresh blood. I think they should go in a direction like New York went. They got Leah on. She's young. She's crazy. That's what they need. Do we need another? I feel like we've had eight Kathy Hiltons. We don't need Kathy. Honestly, I don't even know that we need Brandy. I don't know that we need Camille. Yeah. I feel like I, it's, let's bring in some fresh new blood. And like you said, somebody else, younger. I was ready to say goodbye. You know, nothing I need a got break. resolved. We, need a break. we all need a break. And then in New York, I found reunion three, very depressing. And I didn't know if I felt bad for Dorinda. I didn't know if I felt she's still not taking responsibility. She is taking responsibility. I'm just so confused. And when she made that statement of Bravo renting Sonia's house, townhouse for next season, I felt terrible because now obviously at that point, she didn't know she was fired. The whole thing was stressful to me. And I was like, I'm ready to say goodbye to everyone. Yeah, for the first time ever, I really wanted to turn it off, which that's never happened before. But I just felt bad, not depressed. I just felt, gosh, these women, especially Luann and Ramona have been on for so long. And it just sounds to me like they all need a break from the show. I felt very uncomfortable watching the third reunion. I enjoyed Sonia, though. First of all, she looks great. She never did. Great job, Sonia. 27 pounds, green juicing. Like, (laughs) she's so funny to me because. As crazy as Dorinda and Ramona are, she's chirping in the background, agreeing that they're crazy, but then that she loves them at the same time. (laughs) It's just so good. And her lines, when she told Ramona, where are all your girlfriends going to be when it's me and you for two for one martinis (laughs) at the Burger Heaven? I thought that was classic. And then my favorite one, life goes in a circle and it can only go back back up. You know that. She goes, you know that. That doesn't even make sense. Sonia gives you everything you need all the time. She was the only good thing about Yeah, she was the the only good thing. And listen, everyone needs to cleanse. They don't need to pour it out. And no, they need need to to drink some water. Yeah. And we need to start over. Water. Relax. Start over. So yeah, we say goodbye to our ladies, but we're all on a break. Right. We're all on a break. Well, we need to talk Big brother, Julie looked amazing. Did you think? She had it all together. It was working. She had it together. I'm still not into all the accessories, but- It worked. It, it worked. worked. The dress was beautiful. The shoes were beautiful. The hair was beautiful. Oh, she's so good. We had our Cliff interview. Thank you, Cliff. <laughs> Thank you so much to Cliff Hogg for being our first guest. And were you nervous? We never really talked about that. Were you nervous? I was more nervous about hearing something he would say and me not being prepared for what he was talking about. But the good news is Cliff is a talker. He would still be on right now (laughs) if we didn't wrap it up. Was I nervous? No, I wasn't nervous. I was excited. What I was interested in was seeing how we would do together with someone else on the show. I was wondering how we would go back and forth with the questions. I was wondering if we would both be paying attention to different things. I was much more worried about our dynamic with him than him being on the show. I was nervous and I don't, I'm not a person, as you know, that gets nervous. No. So I don't know why I was nervous, but I felt I was nervous. I think I sounded a little nervous. Maybe I needed to rip the bandaid off. Anyway, it was great. He was so sweet and talkative and it was an easy flowing conversation. And I did learn a lot, right? He did give us a lot of insights about a lot of things. Guess what? He's talking about David going much further than David 
then you and I thought David could go. And I think he's right. Theory is right. David's making some tweaks in his game that seem to me are going to be beneficial and he could go much further, which is great. I'm happy for David. Yeah, I'm happy for David too. I was sad to see Devon go. Devon's speech leaving the house was quite the speech. She looked great, by the way. She looked gorgeous. We've said this. I'm a little bored. So I'm actually happy if the committee's going to start turning on each other and falling apart. And all that. Great. Let, I need that. I need that now. I'm ready. Yeah. And okay. So we had Zingbot. Amazing. Oh God. Zingbot was on point. Do His- we ever know who is the Zingbot? Do they no. rotate who it is? Is it somebody different every time? I don't know, but maybe we should have asked Cliff that because that really is a good question. But the line he said to Christmas, oh, it was the just- The lines are so good. It was so good. And now we have Dr. Will. All I have to say is I was texting with somebody when they said a legend was going to move into the neighborhood. I said right away, it's Dr. Will. Because Dr. Will loves being on Big Brother. To me, there's three legends. There's Dr. Will, there's Derek, and Dan Giesling. Those are the three legends. And if it wasn't one of them, I would have been really disappointed. It's like fake. Like, what's, what, why does he look like that? Well, Dr. Will is a plastic surgeon. I understand, so but don't you think he looked a little creepy? He's, he's over Botox and he's, he's silver haired. He's 47. So he's gone silver hair at a young age, but I think he's over Botox. He's frozen solid. He scared me, actually. Like he was frightening looking. Yeah, it's all that Botox he's putting But in I'm himself. excited to see what happens. And we have a triple eviction, which has never happened before. That's crazy town. And they're not going to expect it. I don't think anybody has ever said triple eviction ever. They're all going to freak out. And hopefully they're not going to have time to make some decisions. So I'm wondering if a lot of that is to shake up the house and give us a much less boring scenario. Yeah. And we need it. We're ready for that too. But I wanted to ask you, we need to talk Terry Bradshaw. Have you watched Terry Bradshaw? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I've watched the first episode. You know, we moved down to the beach for a couple of weeks, so I don't have my DVR here. I could probably go online and watch the other two, but I think there's been three so far, right? Three? I mean, you could be one of the last DVR people. I mean, people watch things on demand. I know, but I DVR everything. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Did you watch Terry Bradshaw though? He's amazing. I love it. Oh my God. And I have so to say, I love it because I think he puts a smile on my face. His relationship with those girls and his wife, I, it's all hysterical. Well, I love his ranch in Texas. Yes. He has a huge ranch. He has all these daughters and he's really close with them. Guess what surprised me the most is how open they are about almost every topic. In the first episode, he was upset that the daughter got a boob job and didn't tell him. And in the middle of the winter in Texas, he wants a pool party so that he can give her the chance to see her boobs. I mean, I thought that was hysterical. But here's the thing that I want to say is since you've watched more than me, we called it wrong with the Jim Belushi show. Yeah, we thought it was yeah. amazing after episode one, told everybody got to watch. And then episode two and three suck. Okay. I'm saying move forward with Terry Bradshaw. Look, I always been a fan of Terry Bradshaw, but his relationship with his daughters and once his stepdaughter. It's just, it's great. It's funny. He's funny. He's easy to listen to. He's got grandchildren. It's really good. Unless it takes a turn, I am enjoying every minute of it. All right. Well, I'm going to absolutely catch up on Terry Bradshaw. It's the the Bradshaw Bunch. It's on E, right? Yes, it's on E. Okay, cool. I've been obsessed with the documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Every single human being that I come in contact with, I say to them, did you watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix? I think it's extremely important that not only everybody watch it, but that teenagers 
and young adults watch it. Have you watched it? I have not watched it. I've heard people talking about the social dilemma. To be honest with you, I don't even know what the social, what is the social dilemma? I mean, I have a lot of social dilemmas, so I'm not sure. (laughs) What is the social dilemma? Okay. So the social dilemma is a documentary on Netflix. And what it's explaining to all of us is the use of social media and data and what it's doing to all of us in our lives, but mainly how it's affecting this younger generation. So my son, who's 19, his entire life, social media has existed. So they literally show you from a teenage boy's perspective, how social media takes over their life, but also the information that is fed to them and has been fed to them their entire existence. And you have all of these brilliant minds who the people who worked at Facebook and created the like button. You have the people who work at Google and are data miners. You have the people who work at all of these huge social media platforms who went into it with good intention and are now leaving those companies saying, we have a really big problem. We've created a monster. Yeah. Are you listening to those type of people? Yeah, the there's a guy, Tristan from Stanford University who worked, I believe, at Facebook. Fascinating guy. These are genius minds who started out on this journey and now are like, we have a problem and we need to fix it. Well, that sounds interesting. How long is it? 90 minutes. It's quick. My light bulb moment is, so as we all know with social media, machine learning and AI starts feeding us what it believes we want to be fed. So your feed is very different than my feed and we have very different things coming in. One of the problems that these guys are now trying to solve is that machine learning and AI can do that, but what it's not able to do yet, it's not able to figure out what information is factual and true versus what information is false. So in theory, Anybody who's been on social media their whole life, like these kids who are in their 20s right now, they could have been manipulated by social media their entire life to think a certain way. Well, I mean, that's not shocking to me. And I agree with what you're saying. It sounds like it's very important. I mean, it sounds interesting and something I definitely want to watch, but it also sounds important for those 20-something-year-olds to, to watch this documentary. I mean, I made my son watch it, and he never listens to a word I say about anything. So he watched it, and he felt angry afterwards. Wow. He was very upset by it, which they should be. Some of the things it tells you to do just to help with the situation is turn off your notifications. I had no idea how many notifications I had on my phone until that day, but I get notified for everything. Turn off your notifications. You know, There's all sorts of things. I urge people not even just a homework assignment. I just think everybody should watch documentary. It's just super important, especially if you are 20 years old or younger. Yeah, sounds good. Speaking of documentaries, I know this is not not an appropriate segue, but Nicole Brown Simpson, her diaries are being revealed in a documentary. First of all, I'm obsessed with that to begin with. Oh, I've always been obsessed with the OJ thing. Obsessed. So October 5th, I think it's on the Discovery Channel. They are releasing her diaries and they're releasing it around the time because it's 25 years, which I cannot believe it is 25 years of the acquittal. Wow. I remember, and this is funny when you say social media because there really wasn't, there's no social media. There was nothing. So we, my friend and I were working in the city and we had to run across the street 
to a bar slash restaurant where they had it on the TV yep. to get the verdict. I'll never forget that. Yep. Yeah. And like we're all standing there and everybody is silent staring at the TV, yeah. just waiting for the verdict. Think how different that would have been if there was social media 25 years ago. That is insane. That entire case would have been so different if there was social media. And I, I remember where I was too. I had started a brand new job and I went to my old job and watched it on TV with all my friends. And we just sat there with our mouths hanging open, waiting, 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 yes. and then in shock. In shock. And so, of course, I'm going to watch it. I don't know how they do it or where they found these diaries or conveniently coming out now 25 years later. I don't know the answer, but of course I want to hear it. And of course I want to watch it. And I can't so believe I, she kept a diary. Can't believe she kept a diary. I can't believe it's 25 years. I wonder yeah. if OJ knew that she kept a diary because he was so controlling. I wonder if he even knew she kept them. I have no idea. It's a great question for OJ, of which he will not answer. <laughs> no, he's, no, he won't answer it. But if he knows they're coming out, wouldn't he be a little... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's concerned. talking football. He's like on shows talking football. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Everybody loves a comeback story. Yeah, everybody loves <laughs> 25 years of the acquittal, Nicole Brown Simpson died. I can't believe it's been that long. In a wow. documentary, yeah. We have some <laughs> other... We, we need to talk about some other things. What happened to Dax... What happened to him? I've been listening to the Dax Shepard podcast since day one. And so this week on his podcast, actually it came out on Friday. His regular episodes launch on Monday. Sometimes he has a special one on Thursday, but it came out on Friday that special episode, he and Monica were together. He has a a partner named Monica Padman. And Dax's been very open about his addiction and how he's been sober for 16 years. And on social media, just the other day, his family celebrated his 16th sober anniversary. And he basically comes out on Friday and says that he's been lying and that he had a relapse and he's been lying to everybody. And that that celebration was fake. Well, he lied about it. It wasn't fake to them. It was fake, fake for him. Yeah. You know, but again, here's the thing about social media and here's the thing about this this world we live in right now. So if this was any other time, we would see the headline, we'd be all pissed off and be like, F Dax and I'm pissed and he lied to me and whatever. But he was so courageous and brave and broke it down for us. I mean, if anybody's interested in his story, it's a 38 minute podcast where he comes clean and tells everybody why it happened, when it happened, how long it happened. But here's the thing that's fascinating nowadays is that if you control the narrative, And if you come clean with, I fucked up, I'm sorry, here's what happened. I've been looking at Dax's social media ever since this story dropped and everybody's supporting him and saying, good for you for coming clean and we all struggle and- Understand this, he's brilliant, right? He's controlling his narrative. And instead of saying you're a loser or you lied to your family or what the fuck, everybody's saying- Oh, you're so brave. That is an amazing job at controlling the story, though. It's controlling the brand. It's brilliant, and it just shows that it can be done. But what it also shows is that in this world of facts and non-facts and what's true, if someone is telling us from their mouth what their truth is, we believe them. So he didn't want to leave it to anything else. He said, I'm going to just come clean and tell the truth. And guess what? We all love the truth. 
Yeah. We all want the I truth. mean, yeah. We're dying for it. So in this particular time of our lives where we're all just clamoring for authenticity, guess what? That was the most authentic thing I've heard in a really long time. And I give him credit for it. Well, we love him and he's now sober seven, eight days and we're supporting him. And so good for him. Good for the people he has in his life who, I guess, understand addiction. I think they're all, sounds to me like Kristen and Dax are in therapy all the time anyway. I don't know if his sidekick Monica is part of that therapy, but good for them that they all understand and are supportive. If you listen to the podcast, he was not only lying to Monica, his partner, but gaslighting her to think she was insane. She's been going through her own stuff and he's apologizing to her for lying directly to her. Yeah. And she was proud of him, supportive, et cetera. So I just, it's nice to see people like that, I guess. I don't know. I'm completely fascinated by it. And I'm fascinated by the case study of controlling your own narrative in this world we live in right now. It's completely interesting to me. I don't think Demi Lovato is doing a good job of controlling her own narrative. No, absolutely not. I feel like it's going to go in a bad way. What's happening, Demi? And now she broke up with, they knew each other three seconds. So I'm not sure how they thought that that was going to be the marriage that was going to last forever. But now the engagement's off and I don't know. I'm worried. I'm worried she's going to Well, Again, social media, right? They all came to her and said, he's wanted to be with you for all these other reasons. And he said that he wanted to be with either you or this one. That of course leads to, does he really love me for me? I'm sure this girl, I worry about Demi Lovato. I worry about her. And now he's saying he found out it was over through social media. So she didn't even tell him it was over, which is bizarre to me. I worry about him. But listen, also- why have we not heard what Justin baby's name is? Why? Why can't Justin tell me what he named his baby? So Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel's baby has no name and Gigi Hadid and Zayn's baby has no name, right? What, is that the thing now? We don't, these babies don't have names? I don't understand. I need to know. Don't you need to know? They didn't tell us they were pregnant, which is annoying in the first place. And now he won't tell me what the baby's name is. Can I ask a question? I don't know if, I, if we know this. Do we know, did Jessica Biel deliver? Like, was she pregnant? What are you talking about? Was she pregnant? Well, I didn't see one picture of her pregnant. Did you? Oh, no, that's what I mean. We did not. So did not- they use a surrogate? I guess my question no, is- No, she delivered. She was she did deliver. Okay, yeah. so she was pregnant. She delivered. I thought I needed have... to give you a, like a lesson on the birds and the bees. I didn't no, understand what no, that meant. Oh, no. I mean, just because we didn't see any pictures. No, we did not see any pics, which also was annoying. And now I can't get the name. What I, is it? I don't know. Is it Corona? Is it COVID? Is it, what is it? <laughs> is that a new thing we don't reveal? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. Is we that also, a new thing? Pretty sure we don't know what sex the baby is, right? You DM everybody. Can you find out what the baby's name <laughs> is? i DM Jessica right now. <laughs> Constantly DMing all these celebrities. Like, hey, stop. Want to be on my Hi, it's me. <laughs> well, you know, listen, we need to talk returns. There are some people that came back, which is a sign that things are getting back to normal. So get back to work, Kelly and Ryan. No, they've been working though, but now they're back in the They're studio. back six feet apart, but then he got sick and he was off for a couple of days. I think I said it on the podcast. Kelly looked miserable during COVID. She seemed very... I don't know, upset or cranky or just not her normal bubbly self. And now that they're back, she definitely seems better. Her hair is done. I guess maybe she feels better in that respect. But now I find it crazy. Mark, her husband was home. Now he can't come home. He's in Vancouver and he's not allowed to go back and forth anymore. So that's tough for her, although she seems okay. And then did you, have you watched it? So 
on TV, they look like they're sitting in their normal spots, but Ryan's actually sitting pretty far away from her. Yeah, I think they did a good job. Yeah, and the guest sits far away as well. So I'm glad they're back. I don't know why Ryan was getting a whole bunch of shit for missing a couple of days of work. You got to be safe than sorry. And you know what I loved? I don't know if you saw it, but the first day that Ryan was out, Kelly hosted the show herself, all by herself, no co-host. And all these years of she needs a partner, she needs a partner. I kind of liked it with her just by herself. Good for her. Good that they're back. I don't know. It just makes me feel like maybe we're all getting back a little. So the only thing was they have no audience. No, no audience. Do they have a virtual audience? No, they have their staff in the seats and oh, they right. clap and stuff like that. And Ellen came back. Yeah, now that's an interesting situation. So they have in the audience these giant screens. So I guess people who have tickets now are on these screens and she actually talks to the people in the audience, and which I did kind of like actually. And she came back and she... I don't know. She got a lot of crap, right? Like she took ownership for the problems on her show. Well, she said it was a hard summer. I mean, it was a hard summer for Ellen. I mean, right. I get it. She got a lot of shit for putting jokes in her opening monologue, but I didn't have any issue with it. I think I had a couple of issues with some other things. Look, you got to come back. You got to start the show and you got to come clean. And again, she's controlling her narrative. I feel like people would have given her shit if she didn't address it. So she tried to address it. I always have a place in my heart for Ellen. Me too. I, I hope love Ellen. some of these things I hear are not true. I just don't know what to believe or not believe, but I'm happy she's back. We, we love a comeback story. We so love a comeback story. I'm happy she's back. And I have to say this though. We got, you know, we need to talk. And I'm sad to say it. I am sad to say it because I was so looking forward to it. I was really excited and I'm a huge fan, but Drew Barrymore, oh my Lord. So Drew Barrymore has a talk show. We were super pumped. Right. We love Drew Barrymore. I love Drew Barrymore. I thought she's such a good guest on talk shows that I thought she'd be a natural to have her own talk show. She always keeps it real. I love her friend circle. I love everything. So there was nothing that I thought, how could this be bad? But it is terrible. Terrible. Like, yes. it's not watchable. But here's the thing. Let's, let's break it down. Let's unpack it a little bit. What's bad? I'm trying to figure out what the badness is. Okay, the set's kind of cute. But Drew, I don't know what it is. She's all over the place, first of all, right? I don't think she knows what she wants her show to even be yet. She's all over the place. The way she's talking is weird it's just bizarre she's trying to be funny at times or then she's trying to be serious at times it's just not working i saw the first episode with cameron diaz and lucy Liu, which also was super awkward i think it was nice that her friends did that for her but it was a very awkward conversation the way that they were sitting was weird and then i also saw her interview paris hilton about the documentary they had a lot of things in common but for some reason, I just didn't think it worked. It didn't work. I've watched a couple of episodes. She had Reese with a spoon. You know I love her. And so I was excited. It just feel bad saying it because I love her, but I, I'm not watching it anymore. I'm not watching it. Or we let her grow a little bit. We let her get her footing. Maybe we check back and see, did it get any better? Because look, it's brand new to her. She's not a talk show host. All right. Okay, fine, fine. It's unbearable. Right, right now, now it is unbearable where I literally in the middle turned it off. I can't watch. Which so, that's very rare for me. I never turn anything off. Drew Barrymore is an 80s girl. She grew up in the 80s. Do you think she wore a banana clip? Because the banana clip is making a comeback. And I know, I know, I don't even have to ask, but I know <laughs> that you definitely wore a banana clip. Of course 
I wore a banana clip. I never wore a banana clip, ever. Of course I did. I had the big permed hair and the banana clip was awesome. I'm not a person who knows how to do their own hair. I don't know how to do makeup. I don't know how to do nails. I don't know how to do my own hair. But the banana clip was so easy. You just put it right here, push <laughs> the clip, and it looks so cool in the back. But it's coming I mean, back. I didn't know it was coming back. Thing now, you see these models wearing banana clips. You know what? I wish I saved all my shit. My Reebok high tops, my E.G. Smith bunchy socks, my banana clips. I had all that shit and it's all you, back and I'm so pissed that I don't have any of it. I would love to see a banana clip. I think that, that's, that's what you should do. You should well, start wearing banana clips. If it's back, I'm going for it. Yeah, I'll well, go get myself back. a banana clip. <laughs> I think that we should end. We have not done an FMK in a while. No, we haven't. So I'm thinking, and we do an FMK with Kelly Ellen and Drew. Talk, Talk show, show returns. Okay. What do you got? Oh, FMK, FMK, FMK. I've always had a thing for Kelly Ripa, so I need to marry her. I've been a fan of Kelly since she was a dancer on Dance Party USA when I was in high school. So I have to go with She's Marianne. also a Jersey girl and you're everything Jersey. Jersey. She's got and- those diesel arms. They're diesel if I marry Kelly, I also get a little Mark, right? I get Mark <laughs> in the deal, right? right so I could so be in a marry Kelly. I could be in a throuple with Kelly and Mark. How's that? Great. Okay. So you're marrying Kelly. I'm marrying Kelly. I think I'm killing Drew. No, because oh, I love Drew. I th- oh. We just killed her talk show. Don't kill her too. I feel bad. I don't know if I should kill Drew or kill Ellen. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just thought of something. It doesn't if I, matter. If I'm sleeping with Ellen, does that mean now I'm playing for the other team? Who knows? Yeah. Great. Huh. That's an interesting thought. Maybe I'll do that. Try something new. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good plan. All right. So I'm going to, yeah. All right. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to F with Ellen. I'm going to go for the other team and F Ellen. I'm going to kill Drew and I'm going to get into a throuple with Kelly and Mark. How's that for a plan? That's good. I'm going to, I, <laughs> I am going crazy and going to definitely sleep with Kelly because she's diesel and hot. I'm definitely going to marry Ellen because not only do I find her funny, but that house that she's in is just amazing. So but I you need know, to they, be in that. You know, they move I need lot. to be in that house. She moves houses. She sells and buys houses a and lot. And she you loves be- cats and I love cats. So I don't know. I, I think I got to marry her. And unfortunately, I had to kill Drew. I killed her show. I feel so bad, Drew. <laughs> I'm going to go watch E.T. when we hang out. That's how bad I feel. That has to be it. That's All be right. It. And That's not, not only bad. am I going to continue to pour it out, my rosé and toast to the roses, but I think that we gave Julie a lot of shit about those ending her show quotes. I think I'm secretly enjoying them, number one. And number two, I really liked this week. So I'm going to- Can you remind me what it is? Yes, I can. Okay. She said, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. On that note, Julie. Cheers. And everybody else, cheers. Love you. Love you. If you need to talk to us, check us out on Gmail at we need to talk pod 2020 at gmail.com. Facebook, we need to talk the number two. Instagram, we need to talk podcast and Twitter at need to talk pod. And of course, check us out on any of your podcast platforms. Rank us, leave a review. Thanks. <laughs>